0: Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and you're listening to Superwomen. Today, my guest is Amy Schechter, the CEO of Glam Squad. I'm not going to lie. This is not sponsored by Glam Squad, but I use them. Well, she corrected me. She said I use them at least twice a week. I cannot do my hair. I cannot do my makeup. Believe me, people, I have tried. So this was a godsend to me, and I'm so excited to hear about how she runs this incredible business. So take a listen with Amy Schechter. I'm with Amy Schechter, the founder of Glam Squad. I'm so excited because I use Glam Squad once a week at least. And once I discovered you, I was like, oh, thank God my life is about to change. So I'm so excited to interview you today. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. So excited. And truth be told, you use us more than once a week.
0: (laughs) I probably do. I just don't want to admit it. (laughs) And we love it. (laughs) So I would love, you know, for those who maybe haven't heard of Glam Squad yet or don't have it in their nearest city, can you say what Glam Squad is? Sure.
1: So Glam Squad is an on-demand beauty provider. We offer hair, makeup, and nails anywhere, anytime. And the real purpose of Glam Squad, aside from... making you look good is helping you feel the best you can when you're often about to do whatever adventure you have going on. And I truly believe that when you look in the mirror and the mirror looks back at you and says, you've got this, you've got it and you have a better day.
0: So what gave you the idea? Because lots of people have ideas. You know, I feel like you're the Uber of beauty. What gave you this idea in a market that really there wasn't this? You know, I remember I would have to spend $500 to get my makeup done and then let's say $200 to get my hair done. And as I was getting, you know, doing more events and more speaker, you know, my brother would be like, What is this bill for $10,000 over the past few months? I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. I can't do my own makeup. So, and I certainly can't do my own hair. So, what am I supposed to do? So then you were our savior. So, what how did you get to that idea?
1: So um, I came in a little bit after the company had been founded, originally founded. Um, But the idea behind it was that you could get any service you wanted. You could get um, a dog walking service. You could get pizza delivered any time of the day or night. But there wasn't a team available to us that could provide hair, makeup, and nails. And like you, so many women today have busy schedules. And And they don't know how to do their own hair or makeup or they are new moms and they can't figure out how to leave the house or they're not feeling well and they can't get out to do a mani-pedi. And we are available to make that happen. And we started really small in New York City and with a a lot of um, organic growth, had the exciting opportunity to expand next into LA and then Miami and um, once that started to happen it really started to go viral and there was this organic swell of excitement around the idea of having your own glam squad and today we're in six cities and we offer hair makeup and nails and lots of exciting new things happening we just launched product for the first time um, at the beginning of this year we launched eight hairstyles and about two weeks ago we launched some makeup that we're going to give you today so you can try it. Oh, I have to get someone (laughs) to put it on me, but thank you. (laughs) We have someone that can do that.
0: (laughs) So I'd love to go back to, you know, the idea that maybe isn't, it isn't often looked about at the women that provide these services or the men that provide these services. You're also offering a new career path for a lot of these people. What would you say to people that are looking or in the freelance space? Like, how do you find these people that stand out? How do they sort of show that their hard work or whatever gets them the clients? So the most
1: important thing about what we do, aside from making women look and feel their best, is providing a business opportunity for beauty professionals who would otherwise have to sit behind a counter to put makeup on, or work all day in a salon in the hopes that they would be able to touch someone's hair. Um, Also, the beauty professional assistant is one of the lowest-paid jobs in America. And so what what we did is we looked at opportunity for um, service providers and said, we can create this amazing business opportunity for men and women who want to do their craft. And that's exactly what we do. We provide the platform by which beauty pros in hair or makeup or nails get to do what they love most. They get to be active. They get to be entrepreneurs. They can turn their schedules on and off. They can go from city to city and they get to make a lot more money, which um, for us as, as business people, it's super important to not only get back, but to give. And this is our way to allow beauty pros to be the best that they can be.
0: So really with this as a tech platform, the scalability is pretty easy as, as long as you have the talent.
1: Yeah. So in the United States today, there are 700,000 freelance hairstylists, makeup artists, and nail techs. Wow. They are currently working person by person to build their book. And when they join Glam Squad, they get, you know, eight to 10 customers, clients a day. If they want it, they have the opportunity to do their craft day in and day out. So the opportunity for expansion is very rich. There are multiple cities that we can go into next in the United States. And certainly this is a relevant opportunity for major cities around the world because lots of women around the world want to look and feel their best and don't have this.
0: Yeah, and when I was um, the designer with Essie, like it shocked me that in Europe, there there aren't actually, like we take it for granted in New York you know, nail salons on every block. But in Europe, women do their own nails, and I was like, "How do they do their own nails?" Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that either.
1: I know. I, it's a, it is amazing, and even you know, Paris and London. You know, I mean, other major cities, Toronto yeah. and Montreal. There's so many places we would be relevant. We've also heard in the Asian market, it would be a fantastic opportunity because obviously, beauty is very important in the Asian market. And And um, they don't have anything like Glam Squad.
0: Right. So I'd love to talk about some of the hurdles unexpected or expected that you've encountered in growing and scaling Glam Squad. And yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, always lots of hurdles. Um, I was just, you know, chatting the other day about the fact that this is a service that is very personal to women and we go out and we have to fundraise or we have to do partnerships with big institutions and I sit down in the room and it's me and eight to 10 men and I have to talk to men about the idea that women really like to get blowouts and have their makeup done and Believe it or not, men look at me and say, "Why would a woman want a blowout in their house?" And um, with a straight face, I have to answer that question and say, "This year we'll do 265,000 services, so there are a lot of women that want to get blowouts in the home." So it's um, it's not always easy. And I I think as a female entrepreneur, you are up against, especially in the beauty and I think fashion industry, you're up against a male dominated industry, even though these services are for women for the most part in, in our business. And we are many women working in the field and in our office. Still today, um, much of institutional funding and much of higher level business is still concentrated with, um, with men. And I think we are changing the world. One blowout and one manicure and one makeup at a time, but we have to prove ourselves still about why we're important and how we're relevant. When if we sat down, if we had an investor talk to you, you would emote your passion for why Glam Squad is so relevant and important in your life. A lifesaver. Right. (laughs) But a lot of men don't understand that. It's a big obstacle to overcome.
0: I'm shocked that today that's still a problem. Like I can understand, you know, some businesses like men have no, exposure to it but I'm shocked that you're still encountering that when it's like hair and makeup and most of these men have wives or assistants who have their hair done like that's that's crazy
1: It is crazy. Um, And very often the men in the room will say, depending upon demographics, they'll say, um, oh, my wife still goes to the salon. And it's interesting because we're not really a solution to the salon. We don't think that we're a replacement to the salon. We're actually um, a good partner to a salon but for a younger demographic, they totally understand why Glam Squad is so relevant and important. In addition to that, we are very affordable. For $50 um, in the home, it's pretty amazing to have that time saved and how many things today save you time. And so most people, whether you're moms or business people or stay-at-home moms, they are time-pressed and saving a woman an hour is something that we know is
0: valuable. I think every glam squad person that's come to my house has probably seen my boobs at this point because I have a <laughs> child on me nursing, and I'm like, I'm doing my emails. I have a child nursing. I'm getting my hair, makeup, and nails done. This is a huge time saver. <laughs> it you know? is.
1: We have um, we have <laughs> the oh my goodness stories of the different circumstances that our beauty pros are in. What's amazing is they love that. Right. They love the fact that they are making your life. Better And that's what I love about them is that they have so much passion for what they're doing. And at the end of the day, they want to help you look and feel your best. And they
0: truly mean that, yeah. you know, they're very sincere. Yeah. So one thing that I've been reading about recently, which um, I have two opinions on, but like California is cracking down on freelancers and I go, why would you do that? You know, these people are volunteering and they want to be freelance. And in some cases you're helping supplement their income or it's the flexible career that they want. So, you know, do you have issues with the people that you employ? Like, are they like, why is this being cracked down or... Like, why are people trying to take away things we want? So our employees
1: are freelancers. They're they're not employees of the company. We are actually the platform that connects the beauty pros with the client. Um, We are advocating and lobbying um, in many states across the country to support the freelance community because whether we're in that community or not, we feel very strongly that this is the wave of the future. I am reading so much about what is going to happen in the home. And the home is going to become a new channel of revenue, a new channel of commerce. And we're just at the, the front of the line making it happen. What does that mean that the home is going to become... A channel of commerce. So personalized service, being fit for clothing at home, um, having a concierge service bring um, a selection of product to your home to try on. So many more things are going to happen in the home over the next 10 to 15 years. And we're just another one of those things that's happening in the home. Having um, our freelance community uh, allows these people to have incredible work and do what they love and be able to provide women with a service that they would otherwise have to go out of the home for. So we think we're creating H-Commerce. It's our new tagline. Yeah, it's home commerce. Um, I think that it is really going to be relevant over the next five years and more and more is being done in the home today. And we're never going to leave. We're never. We're going to put on (laughs) our
0: glasses and just pretend we're somewhere. That's right. And work from home. Right. Right. You know, that's definitely something in the future. So with managing a tech platform that probably keeps you very busy, what made you go, okay, I would like to launch product? So what what has that journey been like? Yeah, so before I joined Glam
1: Squad, I was a power user of the brand. And every time I had my service, I would say, oh, what's that lipstick? You know, I want to buy that lipstick or that mascara, that's amazing. And I sat there and literally said, if I ever worked for this company, I would absolutely develop our own product because you get to try it before you buy it. You get to wear it for an extended period of time and somebody helps you put it on. Right. So... Um, When I came to Glam Squad, within the first year or so, um, I went to the board and said, we should absolutely have our own Glam Squad branded product. At the time, we were using another brand's hair product, and um, we took our... 600,000 appointments that we had had to date, all the feedback that we had gotten from clients. So every time a client has an appointment and, and has feedback for us or a beauty pro has feedback for us about the product, we would curate that product and take notes on it and say oh, you know, the lipstick should look like this. The hairspray should do this. Customers want this. And we took all of that data from 600,000 appointments, distilled it down and said, what are the things that women want the most? Forget about what other brands are doing or what other um, advertisers are telling you in the beauty industry, what do women want? And we had so much data to pull from. And then we started to curate scent and we used data. And then we put put the product in its sampling phase into the hands of our beauty pros and into our customers' lives and started testing the product with our beauty pros and for about six months got so much feedback about the product. So we we used this opportunity to create very, very personalized and highly curated hair products that really we think have been developed by our customers and our beauty pros, which makes a very unique business proposition because we're not doing it in a lab in Europe or in a lab in New Jersey. We're doing it through the experiences that our consumers have with the product. Wow,
0: that's smart. Yeah. So (laughs) a lot smarter than just launching product, right? Right. So what was your history prior to Glam Squad that made you unique to be able to take it over?
1: So I spent most of my career in fashion working for some incredible brands and had lots of different roles. So I had been in operations, in merchandising and buying and product development and had opened tons of stores. I've probably opened, I don't know, five, 600 stores in my history. Wow! And I really catapulted from the footwear industry to the fashion industry to fitness. And when I got to the fitness industry after 15 or so years in fashion, I said, you know, this is this is the future. People are going to be focused on beauty and wellness and fitness. This is a path and an area that I want to stay in. And I was in the fitness industry working with a company called Core Power Yoga. It's the largest purveyor of yoga fitness studios in the country and helped them through expansion. I was commuting to Denver with a family in New York. Oh gosh. And that was not an easy commute. Did that for a couple of years in said, you know, time to move home and started to look for something in wellness or beauty to really round out my personal passion, which is very much about you are what you eat, you are what you do, um, and had been an advocate and a power user of Glam Squad. And when I got the call to be the CEO, it was really synergistic for me. I had the experience with a very large workforce. We had thousands of yoga instructors. So that was very applicable to our thousands of beauty pros and really understanding how to take a company through explosive growth. And Glam Squad was on the precipice of really exciting growth and was super excited about transforming this tech beauty services company into a beauty brand. Mm -hmm. And so did the original founders... Uh, are they still with the company? Yeah. so we have um, one of the founders is the chairman of the board. Another one of the founders is our head of strategy, product and engineering. And then all of our others are advisors in the business. We speak to them regularly. They're very supportive of our business and always willing to help. So I have a really good relationship with everybody in the business. And quite frankly, I feel like, um, you know, the founder of the next generation of the brand and it takes all of our effort and passion to make the business successful.
0: So where do you see, like when you see... um other companies that pop up that might be like you. Like, do you view that? So I guess I'll give an example. When we had other stores copying our store technology, we thought it was a good thing for us because we knew that the consumer would then begin to just demand that and expect that. I've seen flavors of Glam Squad pop up. I've never used anyone else. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Full transparency. (laughs) But what do you view that? Is, Is it good? Is it annoying? yeah. so I you know, nobody
1: does our business at our scale. Okay. and we know that. So we are by far the leader um, by a long shot. Um, but, We believe that having competitors in the marketplace really help seed the market. And the more customers that know about on-demand beauty services, the better better it is for all of us. And um, the beauty industry is a huge industry, and we feel big enough for multiple players. Um, We have a huge competitive advantage in that we're a brand. Many other platforms are simply a vehicle to... Um, curate supply and demand. We're actually a platform that believes in the idea of beauty services as a brand. And we've had so much trust with our clientele that launching product for us was a natural next step. I don't think you would see any of those other brands launch um, their own product line or be able to um, sell to other Stores. Um, I don't think they have that kind of brand excitement. And we are fortunate to have curated our business from the very beginning as a brand. We put a lot of effort into training and assessing and master classes and being relevant to today's modern uh, f- female and what they want in beauty. And um, it takes an incredible amount of effort and money to make that happen. So we really have approached it from the very beginning as a beauty brand. So you mentioned you have a
0: family. How many kids do you
1: have? I have one daughter. Nice. Yes, she is 16 and um, she is an entrepreneur. Wow. (laughs) She she has been around. I think having a working mom um, really helps and has allowed her to be what she wants to be she sees tremendous opportunity i think yep. to to be what she wants the way she wants it and is very determined
0: so i have a daughter too and one thing i struggle with because i raised her i, w- I wasn't consciously saying I'm raising my daughter gender neutral at all. I Maybe I was just cheap and I was like, you're going to wear my son's clothes and you're going to play with his toys, right? And then I'll never forget the day she was two. I came home, I had my nails done. They were red. She's like, mommy, I want nails too. And I was like, oh, this is a girl and she likes beauty. And now I've watched her go to like maybe to the extreme where her her inner drag queen is unleashed and like she makes all, she takes all my makeup, does her own, she's really good at it. And sometimes I have to say to her, like, she's like, mommy, do I look more beautiful with makeup on? And I always have to say, no, you don't. You look more beautiful without it because I don't want her idea of this at four to be so skewed. Or now when she comes out, I'll be like, I want to say you look so beautiful, right? But I don't want, want, you know, and then I'm like, what am I going to say? You look so smart. (laughs) You know, (laughs) So right. as a mom with a daughter and in this industry like do you have any tips or advice or things you've learned about this this narrow path we have to navigate? Yeah. So I also have a daughter who has been pretty obsessed
1: with makeup and hair and fashion and I think it's all additive. You know, I I really support that side of her personality. And she too has has been putting on lip gloss and making her own lip gloss since she was six years old. And um, so I think, you know, supporting that side of them is the creative side of them. And I don't necessarily say it's just about looking good, but it's having fun. And so in that moment, you look amazing. You're beautiful either way. And I love what you've done. You know, I—it's I, the effort as opposed to the outcome, and right. um, really celebrating the fact that she loves to do all of this. And today, she still loves to do hair and makeup, right. and her makeup shelves
0: are. Far bigger than mine. (laughs) I like that you say to her, I love what you've done. Because then you're not just saying you look beautiful or you look somehow better, right? But like you did something that was creative.
1: Yeah. And um, she's super creative. And it sounds like your, your daughter is as well. And you don't want to you know, protect that side of them because it's such an amazing thing to have a creative child that loves that. So fostering that was something that was really important to us as a
0: family. And she's a super creative kid. That's cool. (laughs) So um, obviously the customer is at the other side of this Glam Squad experience. So what do you... How do you sort of ensure that it's a, it's the experience you envision for the brand um, that each, you know, each artist, you know, creates that for the customer and or what do you do if that doesn't happen?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna find wood somewhere, but knock on wood, we will do, you know, close to 300,000 appointments this year, and a very, very small percentage of them are always are dissatisfied consumers. So we're getting it right most of the time. We put a lot of energy and effort into our selection process. We put our beauty pros through um, psychological profiling. They have to do hands-on technical training, and they also have to go through role-playing. So we only accept one out of six. So we have a very high threshold for those who get to join the platform. And we say no far more than we say yes in a given day. Um, we've had beauty pros. I've had beauty pros work on me that have said it took me three times to get onto the glam squad platform. I had to, you know, better my craft or, you know, fix my uh, attitude adjustment. I, I thought I could just apply and and would get it. So setting it up the right way is one way we ensure that what you're getting is what you expect. At the end of the day, we want you to have a luxurious experience, Um, but also it's people, right? We have thousands and thousands of people and you have that situation as well. In your business, when you're dealing with people, you just never know. Yeah. But we do our best to set ourselves up for success. So um, you know, for those people that do join our platform, we have a lot of touch points with them. We do a communication letter with them every other week. We bring them in for uh, master classes or to talk about things that are bothering them. So we have created this sense of community with our team that really makes them feel as though they're a part of something. Right. And I think when they're a part of something and they have that kind of emotional connection, they perform better because they're happier. Right. They feel recognized. They believe, they, they know that it is our passion as a business to make them happy and to make them as much money as we can. And we mean that. And as a result of that, they go into the people's homes, hotels, um, offices with the right attitude because it's trickling down from all their touch points within the organization.
0: Awesome. I have two last questions, hopefully we have time for. Okay. I like to ask all my guests, what is something that we would be surprised to know about you? Oh boy. Can be personal or not?
1: Yeah, I mean, personally, I was a competitive athlete when I was younger. I was an equestrian. And I went all the way to the nationals. Wow! When I was younger, that's awesome. Do yeah. you still ride? I do not. Okay. No. Do you miss it at all? I do. I miss no. it a lot. The the whole idea of having that relationship with your horse and um, competing with something that I loved and I was very passionate about, um, and I miss it. But not many people know about that side of me. It was a long time ago. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: In your years of business and all the various businesses you've done, like any like one piece of advice that either you've learned or someone told you that you're like, actually, this is good advice?
1: I think that failing is actually a really good thing. It doesn't feel that way in the moment. Right. Um, And I think we're all afraid to fail, but I really feel like when you fail, you actually learn so much about what you want and how you do things differently. And um, I've definitely had moments of failure in my past where I haven't met my own expectation or a business's expectation and, and had to pick myself up and figure out what was next. And I was... Um, really nervous about that moment. And if I could look back now, I think um, I would say to everybody, if you haven't failed, you can't be the best that you can be if you haven't had one experience where it didn't go your way. Right. So um, I also think that when you fail, it means you've taken some good risks and taking risks is the other side of that, which is I think everybody should push themselves to the limit of discomfort Because as women, um, we tend not to sign up for things unless we feel like we're 100% ready for that next step. Whereas men... If um, Statistically, they say if they have 50% of what it takes to get there, they'll go for it. And women statistically feel as though they have to have about 100% or 95% in order to go for it. And I think we have to teach girls and women that it's okay not to be 100% to take the risk. And if you fail, it's okay because you're going to learn something and move on.
0: I love that. I fail every day.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) Amy Schechter, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me be here. It's been an amazing opportunity. Awesome. Okay, bye.
0: That was Amy Schechter, the CEO of Glam Squad. If you want to find out more, you can follow at Glam Squad and uh, sign up for a service. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to download Rate Review etc etc etc. I want to hear from you. You can email us, however you want to get to us. We want to listen, we want to know, I want to do better and I want to give you great great stories from women that hopefully help improve your life and day. Thanks for listening.